Playoff time is when things start getting serious on the court. Players are more driven than ever to win these big games and keep advancing. Goodyear knows all about being more driven, too. Working hard to help you advance on and off the road. Let Goodyear.com help you choose what's best. Well, last night, I watched the whole game with... Oh, okay. And I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. He was so down about the Pacers. He kept... He couldn't believe how many mistakes they were making. Um, He's like, I can't believe how stupid... And they did play stupid. He's like, I can't believe how stupid they're playing... And um, <clears throat> I kept saying, I go, listen, this Cavs team, you know, they cough up leads. Like, they, they're not a, a sound team. He's like, this game is over. He's like, the Pacers won't take advantage of it. And, you know, he was and he was texting with Charles. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Like, during the game. You know, and then, you know, he's telling stories about Michael, you know. Right. Well, this, is, this is why Michael says this. Mm-hmm. This, is what, this is why, <laughs> this is why so Michael says this. He's so entertaining, isn't he? This is why this is why Michael says, you know, dumb teams can't win, and you know, uh, but he was so down on the Pacers, and and I have to agree, um, the Pacers. I mean, I know their fans are incensed because um, of the missed goaltending call, right? Which happened fast. It, it would have been very hard to have seen with the naked eye. I feel, of like. course. Yeah. In fact, in real time, I didn't think it was a goaltend. Did you? I didn't, but Ian Eagle uh, had it like right away. He mentioned it on the broadcast like right away. But oh, good you know, for him. Yeah. I but didn't see uh, I know that's what the Pacers fans are obsessed with. But and you know, like whatever, it's a missed call. It's unfortunate. It happens. But the Pacers, twenty turnovers. They were so they gave yeah. away so many possessions. But um, uh, you know. Jackie and Andrew, should I start? Should I intro? Should I start this? I guess I should start this. Let's, we're getting into let's it. get it started. You should start it. All right. Welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We're so excited because there's crazy NBA stuff happening. There were four games last night. We're just racing away. Um, joining us as she overcomes nasty neck issues. She's fighting through. She's grinding through. Uh, in Boston, Jackie Mack. Uh, I, I, we all, all of us are sending out good feelings for you, Jackie, that you feel you feel better because we, we miss you, Thank you out here. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's a bad day to be lying on the floor of your house watching games. Oh, Long time man. Of year. Did you have yeah. to lie on the floor? Yeah, so, you know, when Larry Bird, when I covered him all those years, they, you know, they would, all these sources, right, would say to me, oh, after the game, he went right to the hospital and spent the night in traction. And I would write that breathlessly every year, right? Right, right, right. right. And I'm like, and it never once occurred to me, what a great intrepid reporter I am. What the hell is traction? I don't even know what it is, right? I never really bothered to ask. Oh, now I have a, a machine that puts me in traction. And you lie. It, it's like a medieval torture device. So you, so you lie down and you put your neck in this thing. And then you there's two like cushiony um, prongs. And you tighten the prongs around your neck. And then you have this pump. I'm sure Larry Bird had something more sophisticated, by the way. But And then you have this pump, and you pump it up to like 18 whatevers. And it stretches your neck, and it stretches it off the nerve root. It's it's a miracle. I'm just telling you right now. And it, when it works. So, well, it works for, you know, you're not really supposed to be in it for more than 15 minutes. And it doesn't, the bad part is it doesn't help you heal. It's There's no healing power to it. It is simply a vehicle for relief and it gets rid of that nerve pain down your arm. You know, that's kind of the pain that just sends you right into a tailspin. So, so yeah, I've been watching the games in traction. I never thought oh I'd my. get to say that. Yeah. Oh my God. Super fun. Well, it, sometimes uh, hanging out with McMahon feels like traction. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Andrew hey. Hahn. That's not fair. And- Andrew Hahn uh, joining us in Los Angeles. Thank you, Andrew. We're, we get up early today because uh, McMahon and I have to, to travel. Um, and in Houston, where he oversaw the uh, the final acts of the 2017-18 Timberwolves last night, it's Ben McMahon. He's Ben McMahon, Ben McMahon. He's the fattest dude in 
What a nice story on Gerald Green, too. I like that story, Tim. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm still, story. I just really liked the story on uh, Spider Mitchell from last week. Yeah, that was I good, too. Sure. Oh, shucks. You guys are sweet. By the way, how about, uh, did you see the video of Spider Mitchell um, after the game in Oklahoma City last night? Uh, unfortunately, you had the uh, the lamest game, McMahon. Did yeah, you? I did. There was, um, you know what's funny? Was I watched a lot of the Jazz Thunder game on, uh, on the, we had it on NBA TV court, or not courtside, Media Row. Yeah, I, now was that post game? I saw there was something on. I, I I didn't actually look at. it. I saw there was something on Twitter where he said, "We'll see y'all next year" or something. Right, which was kind of a nice little swagger move. I liked it actually. Oh um, yeah, he's got a little not, bit of that to him. What's not to like about him? Except for that, except for that game last night. But but can we just like can we just talk a minute about all these games and the idea that you have to win it yourself and how that ultimately is going to be the downfall of Cleveland of Utah if they I mean of of uh, Oklahoma City if they get past the Jazz which I don't think they will I don't know how you guys feel about it but no, I don't think when, they will when are these guys going to learn like Victor Oladipo he was such a wonderful heartwarming story he had this amazing year and now he's turning into Carmelo freaking Anthony you know. Yeah, Carmelo, who was beg- he was begging to come in the game, was one of the all-time great comebacks in playoff history, and Carmelo right. was getting into fight with Maurice Cheeks to get back in the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like this, it's like if we have we learned nothing from the way Harden played last year and isn't so much playing this year. The way that Golden State plays all the time that that's the formula for winning. You know, of course, because you know if you are a championship contender. You have a very low stress first round, like the Rockets just had. I mean, yeah, they they lost a game. They had some moments. Harden mm-hmm. had that one terrible game. Chris Paul had a terrible game. Yeah, but ge- generally they uh, they applied the uh, the chokehold and took out the uh, opposition in swift fashion. And um, that's what you do if you're a championship contender. You don't um, burn every bit of energy, you know, and, and move heaven and earth to win a single first round game. Like the Cavs and Thunder did last night, right? So yes, and, I, and I to think, a certain degree, Toronto. Although they got it together in the final quarter, but I mean, you know, the, Toronto too. Yeah, I mean, that 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 was a game until about you know they. I think they closed in like a twelve zero run. They they had to sweat right. that big time. Big well, time. I was I was watching the Cavs game at the time. I was at the Cavs game, so I really can't say that I watched the Toronto game closely. But watching the score, mm-hmm. um. When Toronto got down in the fourth quarter, I think they got down by five. Um, that is a situation that I would have put a red flag on uh, for most of this run with these guys because they tended to, um, under pressure, not always deliver. And even though that was a home game, that mounts the pressure on them. Because well, it they, was quite, yeah, it was quiet in there, Brian. You know, it was like, you know, people are going nuts in all these other arenas, and it was quiet in Toronto because they're nervous. That's and I'll right. Tell you, tell you, Wright won the game for them. He's been just unbelievable for them, especially without Van Vliet even playing in the series. Wright was just fantastic last night. He really was. And by the way, I go back to my singular theme that I just opened with. Bradley Beal is shooting, you know, three pointers all over their lot, trying to win it that way instead of passing. You know, remember what happened to everybody eats? Remember? Oh, but Beal had a wide. Oh, and I don't remember the exact score, but it was a. I remember it. Yeah, huge I know three that was wide open. Yeah, and but he just missed. It's just this whole concept of like trying to do it yourself. Jump on my back now, LeBron. God bless him. I don't blame him. Yeah, what, no, what, what, what else options? is he going to do? I mean, Kevin Love is invisible. Invisible. I forget he's out there. I'm like, why don't they get it? I, why don't they put Kevin Love in the game? And I'm like, oh. Wait, he is in the oh, game. Oh, he's over know? there in the corner. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. They should utilize him better. Forget this, putting him in the post. That's not working. And Kyle Korver is a good option. Kyle Korver is a good option. I'm going to say it again. And when are they going to give up on J.R. Bleeping oh. Smith? Stop it. It's well, DOA, to, baby. They need, to, <laughs> they need to spot him up at 70 feet. That's about the only yeah, place right. to hit from. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like that, that ship has sailed. Now, he can maybe have a burst and we've seen the burst here and there but he is a liability well what are you gonna do you're gonna put rodney hood who's done absolutely nothing in yeah i mean they, they've benched they've benched uh, all the guys they traded for well george yeah. hill has been hurt 
and he's um, been ill, and he's hurt that he's, it's hurt that he's been out. But the other theme of this series, these whole playoff series, is coaches, and I love it. Just saying, hey guys, it's playoff time. I got to play who I think is going to have me win. So Tristan Thompson, take a seat. The other night in Boston, Greg Monroe, sorry, I don't have any minutes for you. Carmelo, yo, sit right there. I got to go with who gets me to win. Yeah. So uh, last night, uh, Kevin was really down after the game. I can um, understand it. He had, you know, yeah. but I don't. I mean, he wasn't. I mean, he he had a poor shooting night, but he wasn't involved. They don't get him involved. He's not part of the rhythm of the team. Now that's partly on him for sure. But they just. You know, LeBron just can't bring himself to make Kevin Love a priority. LeBron doesn't trust anybody on this roster. I mean, it's a, yep. um, I mean, you know, the, the guys they traded for, they can't play him. You know, Hill, like I said, Hill's hurt, and yeah. Clarkson and uh, Hood are on the bench when it matters. Nance, you um, can, you're getting a little bit out of Nance, right? Yeah, Nance actually made a really big jump shot. Uh, LeBron, yep. they were able, the, the key number in my view is um, 42 minutes for LeBron. They have to figure out how to get him. Uh, three minutes of rest in each half, but they. Right. But last night they got him four minutes in the second quarter, and like two and a half to start the the fourth, and it made a huge difference. And Nance hit a big like seventeen footer because any single basket you can get with LeBron off the court is like mm-hmm. a release huge. is like a it's release huge. valve. And Nance did make a big one, um, but uh, you know Jackie uh, LeBron just LeBron just doesn't. He doesn't trust his teammates, so he's, so he's he's just doing it all himself, and it's super crazy impressive. But oh, it's unbelievable! Yeah, oh, that game last night was incredible, just incredible. And I was laughing though. Remember the one possession, Brian, down near the end of the game, twenty six seconds left. He's driving to the basket. I, I'm like one offensive foul, two offensive fouls, three <laughs> yeah. offensive fouls, and and, and, he, and travels and he, and he travels, yeah. and then he loses the ball out of bounds, and and you're thinking. If if Indiana cannot capitalize on this, and then I just go back to be more creative than ISO with Victor Oladipo, who's I think seven for thirty-five in the last two games. The moment, yeah, and uh, the moment's I been think, difficult for him. It's been the big stage for him has been a little claustrophobic. Twelve of forty-nine the last three. So yeah. and he had a great first two games. And I will say, while Jr. has been miserable offensively, he's done a good job of um, yes. of, yes. of playing. The Cavs have had a game plan on Oladipo. They double teamed him for a couple yeah. of games last night. They uh, they just tried to drive him into help, and um, Jr. did. You know, he was sort of the point man defensively. But um, well, that's why you can't replace him with Corver because Corver couldn't do that. You know. Yeah, um, and, you know, and <laughs> the Cavs they they actually have defended a lot better in this series than in the regular season. But it's it's not defense at a level where you're like, oh my god, this could this could carry them into the into the finals. Um, yeah, sure doesn't feel just, that way. Yeah, uh, it's better. Uh, and LeBron is, um, you know, he 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 basically reminded me of uh, how he played in high school because back in high school, and this just in this in general, this series has been a throwback series to ten years ago when LeBron didn't have much talent offensively on his roster, and so he had to score and he had to do everything. And um, and back then he didn't play great every every single game. Yeah. Um, now you can pretty much count on him playing great every single game, but there, there were games back then where he would have an off game. Uh, now he has an off game and it means he only scores like 27 points with 12 rebounds and eight assists. He doesn't have right, 40. Right. Um, but he, but in, back in high school when his team really needed it and they were playing like a, you know, a state tournament game and they're, and they were in trouble, LeBron knew that he was just bigger, stronger and faster. And so he just put his head down and just ultimately just went to the rim and they couldn't stop him. And that's what happened last night. He had. Oh, yeah. He had he had nine. It is, it, everybody else on this team scored was three of fifteen in the first quarter. So he's like, "All right, screw it. This gets a two-two game five. I'm just gonna go." He had nine baskets within three feet in the first half, and then in the second half, the Pacers started fouling him, and he has an uh, all-time great free throw shooting game. He had fifteen of fifteen at the line. Right. Um, so oh, he was magnificent, and you know he and that three. At the buzzer, everybody in the building knew he was taking that shot. And Thaddeus Young has got to get closer to him. He just does. I mean, you just, you've got to get closer to him than that. And, and it was, was a great, Elo. great clutch shot. Great clutch shot. I mean, he, uh, he's just, he's absolutely dominating these playoffs. Yeah, so uh, the, set, the, the tracking data um, said that when he caught the ball, um, Thad Young, and, and there was a screen. But still, um, yeah. Sorry, we all knew where the ball was going. When he caught the ball, uh, he had 11 feet of space. So like, that was that was one of the things. Um, 
you know, after the game that they were like, well, you know, how do you walk? And even Nate McMillan said, we, we, we leave the uh, arena with the timeout and a foul to give in our pocket. And yeah. I appreciate that. But when, when you, when you, it wasn't, the foul to give part was lost when Thad Young let him catch it with 11 feet of space. Because if you run up on him and foul him, he will just go into a shooting motion. That happened right, right, right. at the end of the regular season against the uh, Sixers. They tried to foul LeBron to prevent the, um, him to shoot the three, and they, he gets three free throws. So as soon as LeBron caught the ball with that much space, the, the giving the foul left the building. Well, you know what? Think about this, though, because he was 15 for 15 last night. But normally in the final seconds, I don't care how mm-hmm. clutch he is, I still would rather him take three free throws because I'm agree. not 100% sure he's going to make all three. I agree. And I mean, and there are other, you know, he, he but he only needed one point there. It was a tie game. So right, right. I got you. Um, I got but you. it was a it was, it, you know, he had space and, you know, he likes to step left when he can get that that left right, step. Right. He's pretty good, and you know he's had he he's he's now got a pretty impressive resume of buzzer beating winners in playoff games. Um, he had he had won his first uh, his rookie season. It was also in a game five against the Wizards. He went to the baseline and scored with like half second left to win a game. Um, you remember the game the shot people were talking about last night against the Magic, where mm-hmm. he hit one at the buzzer in the conference finals. He had that game. Uh, against the Bulls a couple years ago where the Cavs were about to go down 3-1 and uh, he hit a a shot from the corner, again, at the buzzer uh, to win that game and it went from 2-1 to 2-2 and then they won the next two and completely changed the series. That was the the night where David Blatt had called for somebody else to to Oh yeah, to to <laughs> run the right. play and LeBron, <laughs> and yeah. LeBron who, who cared not about making Blatt look bad just announced on the podium that he changed the play. Yeah, um, get, and, the ball to, uh, get the ball to me and everybody else. Get out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so good play. Yeah, works for me. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Andrew, let's talk about something that's very important in life. Do you know what that is? Uh, is it love? That's that's important. I agree. Is it money? <clears throat> also important. This is in the top ten with it. Okay. Uh, it's peace of mind. Oh, okay. Peace of mind. When I was a kid and I heard people talk about that, I thought it was P-I-E-C-E. Oh, was like, like a piece of peace. Piece. Or a piece of yes, candy. Uh, yeah. Yes, of your mind. Uh, no, peace of mind. Peace of mind is very valuable. You know, the older I get, the more I realize, um, especially in this time where people struggle with anxiety, seems like more than, than in, in when I was younger, peace of mind is very, it's got a lot of value. And that is where uh, one of our new sponsors to the Hoop Collective pod comes in because it's simply safe who protects more than 2 million Americans' homes with home security systems uh, and gives you what, Andrew? Uh, peace, oh, peace, peace of mind. Peace of mind. Right. Thank yeah. you. Good job. <laughs> Good job. Peace of mind. Um, and uh, so that you know that your home is protected whether you're in it or not. And, you know, you live in a big city, Andrew, Los Angeles. There's a lot of stuff going on. How's your peace of mind when you leave your home? Uh, it is not good because I have a lot of worthless stuff, but it's my stuff. Right. That's right. Um, and, uh, this will not just, uh, you know, it's not just a, a cheap gadget. It protects your windows, your doors, and your entire home, obviously 24 hours a day. And they monitor it. Andrew, you can learn all about it, including the fact that you can pay just 15 bucks a month with no contracts. Can learn more about Simply Safe and how they can protect your home. Just go to simplysafe.com slash hoop. That's simplysafe.com slash hoop. Not my best, but what am I going to do? Yeah, there's uh, 
I just, I don't know why. I just thought you said, had like a robbery story <laughs> sitting in your back no. pocket. I wish I did. No, I, <laughs> I don't wish I did, but it would have been good for this moment. <laughs> Brian, is it stating the obvious? There's just no way in hell that LeBron James is staying in Cleveland. I mean, <laughs> the only thing, Jackie, where is he going to? The only thing I would say, and, and the answer doesn't have to be given today, but where is he going to go? That's that's. The oh, issue. come on. There'll be plenty of places for no, him to go. There will be. But right now, like the only the, the, the Cavs hope is that he doesn't have a better option. Philly. Uh, Houston. Um, L- hey, LA, 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 LA can clear George. the space. Yeah, there's so many options. I, st- I still think Daryl Morey is. Don't you think he's in his lab, Tim? Cooking up waste. They've been. I mean, look, it'll be challenging uh, just to create the, the the space. It'll it'd be challenging, but I, I wouldn't put it past Morey at all. And they might have to have the Cavs cooperate. But you know, it's possible. And look, Philly. I mean, that's got to be attractive. Do you, do you think uh, now? Look, LeBron is value added to any team. That's that's not a question. Um, do you think at this point, like, uh, do you think at this point? Well, Philadelphia still got a lot to, got to prove, but you know, I don't know. The, Philly potentially could do some other things with their assets that may be as good as helpful to them as getting a thirty three turning thirty four year old LeBron. Um, I don't think that's a slam dunk. I don't. I don't think that's necessarily a perfect fit. But um, I will say this: you know, one of the things people repeatedly say is LeBron can't go west because you know it's it's too difficult. Um, you know, he'll, he'll you know you know even if he goes to the Lakers, you know they'll they'll be the third or fourth best team. And I'm like, guys, he's the third or fourth best team in the East right now. Yeah. I mean, they have they have the four seed, and they're not exactly blowing anybody's doors off in these playoffs. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. He he said many times that he wants to finish his career in Cleveland. He can do whatever he wants. He's got him a championship. I don't think he wants to leave, but you know, he wants to play till he's thirty-eight. Uh, I can't see him doing that with this kind of burden, and I think that's a factor. Well, and also his his boy, his boys, right? Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith. It's over, right? It's kind of over. For them. Well, combined the, for as many points as we did last night. Yeah. The, Trist, the Tristan thing, you know, um, w- w- like what he's going through. Like, look. Uh, oh, he's such I'm, a good kid. I like Tristan Thompson a lot. Hard worker. I have but, no negative feelings towards him at all. But like last night, you know, he doesn't play, which I thought he was going to because he played seven pretty good minutes in game four. And I thought he was going to get more playing time. And just the way things went, it didn't happen. Um you know the thing about it is, Jackie. This is you know it's it's not because they're they're young. They have the oldest team in the playoffs, right? Um, it's not because they don't have it invested. They have the most expensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but but they just... didn't. But they didn't invest wisely. And and again, Tristan Thompson has a skill set that we can appreciate. Uh, and but even then, we knew that was a bad contract all the way back then, Brian. This is not hindsight. And Jr. too, like the Cavs. Yeah, just, we know. We know. They knew, they knew. They had just won the championship. They couldn't replace him. He was one of the heroes of the of the finals. They just, they didn't want to do it. They he held out. They they just they gave him the contract, and they knew when they gave it to him, it was going to be hard. They tried to protect themselves by making it non guaranteed in the last year, but um, he hasn't played well at all on it, and. Um, yeah, they have a lot of money spent on. I mean, they're paying George Hill. George Hill makes nineteen million a year, and um, he's going through. And he he went through four injections to try to play in Game Four, couldn't play. Um, 
He's got me beat by two injections. Oh, man. Uh, and still couldn't play after two days off in game five. And you obviously know he's playing against his former team. You obviously know that you know he's fully incentivized to play. I mean, it's 2-2 in game five. He can't play. I mean, <laughs> the Cavs had like tens and tens of millions of dollars in guys who were not even playing. You know, right. They, they, they've had Kendrick Perkins active last two games. Hey, um, they're undefeated with Perk active. That's true. That's true. So they're just um, – so as great as last night was, um, you know, just to be a responsible journalist, I look at it and go, my God, LeBron was amazing. You know, everybody walked out of that building with a, with a um, you know, feel that they had seen something they'll remember for a lifetime. It was an all-time great LeBron playoff performance. But you can't look at that team and feel great about its prospects short or long term. Right. And ultimately, LeBron's going to have to make that choice. And I, I just don't know what to say. Um, if he leaves, he leaves. I, I, he, he's earned the right to do whatever he wants. Well, and how can, he, about, how can he stay? You know, right, Tim? How can he stay? No, I mean, if he wants to win championships, then there's going to be more attractive options. And, I mean, you talk about he wants to finish his career in Cleveland. He can still do that. I mean, he's proven he can come back. But if he wants to, uh, however long his prime is going to be, which it's amazing it's still going, if he wants to truly have a legitimate chance to win championships during his prime, he's going to have to go somewhere, whether that's Philly or Houston or, you know, if L.A. can put something together, those would all, I think, be better uh, situations for him just in terms of basketball. Yeah, he's... um uh, he he the the the, 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 the he's, he's got more juice in his tank maybe than he thought he would. I mean he's he's he it maybe at one point he thought by the time he was thirty three he'd be coming to the end of it. And maybe even four years ago when he came back he was like, all right, I, I'm gonna have this last bit of window and this will be my last act. Uh, I mean my gosh, look at the other two thousand three guys. Yeah. I mean, David da- David West is ready to hang it up. Mello um, should be, but he's got $28 million to make next year. Right. Mello is a shell of himself. Uh, Dwayne is considering hanging. Now, granted, all those guys played in college. He's a couple years younger than them. But still, I mean. Yeah, um, but Miles, he's got more Miles on him than right. all. Right. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, Bosch is gone. You know. Um, you know uh, Darko's uh, gone. <laughs> he is. <laughs> gone but not forgotten. You know, other guys from that class who had good, good careers, like, uh, you know, Kurt Heinrich is gone. You know, Nick Collison was in that class, and he's he's about ready to hang him up. Like, like they're all gone, and LeBron's still scoring forty four. Um, and so he's still he's still like, man, I I this isn't actually my last act. I do have a last act here, and how do I want to spend it? And I don't think he wants to spend it, you know, carrying a team to the four seed. Um, and I they don't, you know, they they do have the the lot the lottery pick. That potentially could in, could inject some life into them, but at age thirty three, turning thirty four, do you want to wait on a young kid? I, I just don't think that's what LeBron will be interested in. I mean, I think they would have to flip that lottery pick into something uh, for LeBron to look at the Cavs and say, you know what, this is this is a good basketball situation for me right now. You know what I do think has happened with all of this, though? Because, uh, of course, everyone in Boston hates LeBron, right? So I hear about LeBron 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, that you know, I hate LeBron. Well, he's selfie, blah, 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 blah. And the one thing this has done, I think, is if LeBron leaves now, even people in Boston will understand it. Yeah. And that's that's not a bad thing. It, this won't be, well, of course, nothing will ever be like the decision or even the shocking, you know, move from Miami back to Cleveland. Everybody will understand this because if you're LeBron at the age you are and you've got plenty of juice left, that will not be the case if you have to keep playing 42 minutes a night and carrying your team. So you want to go to a situation, uh, to your point, not with a with a, a lottery pick that's coming in, Brian, but surrounded by some other veterans or maybe some young players that have a little seasoning. Makes yeah. sense. Um, I just I know everybody says Philly. I just I just don't quite see Philly. Oh, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm even saying Philly. And I don't, I mean, you know LeBron better than I do, but I just don't imagine LeBron at, in any juncture saying, no, don't send me out west because I'm, a, you know, I'm worried. I don't want to, I'm afraid of not getting to the finals. I just don't believe that. That guy is all about, shoot, put me to, put me 
against Golden State with the right people. Put me against with Houston, right people. You kidding? I'm better than all of them. Right. I, so, I just don't see his mindset being that way. McMahon, I, I don't see – now, LeBron does have the Chris Paul option in his contract, and he could ask the Cavs to trade him somewhere. And I think the Cavs would accommodate him. And I think one of the reasons why they would accommodate him, to be frankly honest, would be if he signs in free agency somewhere else. Like let's say he goes and just signs with the Lakers. Okay. Right. Um, Dan Gilbert would receive some blame there because even though he spent a lot of money – um, and done everything, you know, in theory about spending that LeBron, that, um, that he, that he could, Gilbert would, would get some big time blowback. They would say, you know, why did you fire David Griffin? Um, why did you do this Kyrie Irving trade the way you did? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? And Gilbert would receive blowback. If as LeBron, he should, as he should. I, I agree. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not debating that. If LeBron comes to the Cavs, like Chris Paul did to the Clippers and says, please trade me to, here, please trade me to Houston. Then, even though Gilbert is, you know, involved in that, at least he has the the, the reality that LeBron requested to be traded, and I do think that that's relevant. And the fact that you would get some assets back, even if it's not a premium package. Ultimately, remember the Cavs in 2010 ultimately traded uh, LeBron mm-hmm. um, to, uh, to to Miami, and and they got it. They got four draft picks. Which was yeah, pretty good. It did pretty uh, well, right? Um, so, McMahon, how McMahon? How I don't even know how Houston would be able to do it. I, I know that if you just go to the trade machine, you would say, "Oh, just send them Ryan Anderson." The yeah. Cavs are not. The Cavs are not taking Ryan Anderson. I mean, you that Ryan Anderson. That that's a thing. It's and he's owed you know forty plus mil over the next two years. And I mean, realistic, and and that's why, like, I don't doubt Daryl Morey's ability to pull this off, but it's complicated. The it's only just, way, the only way I can see them doing it without gutting the team would be if Chris Paul or LeBron are willing to take heavy pay cuts, and I just don't see that being the case. Yeah, you're talking about the top two guys in the players' union. Well, plus, right. you know they won't do it because we have history that tells us that. Remember, let's go back to when Bosch and LeBron went to Miami. Remember that? Mm-hmm. They, they agreed and verbally agreed on July 1st for this wonderful deal. And then all of a sudden it comes time to actually execute it. And those agents all want the extra year. And Riley's like, you're going to kill our future. We're going to have to trade away all these picks. If you, you know, you're, you're going to destroy us. And they're like, yeah, tough luck. So, <laughs> and LeBron didn't even use the extra two years. He was right. done after four. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and think about what they did. They destroyed Miami's future. They literally did. They didn't care. Two rings. Though. I know. Worth it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've talked to people from the organization. They said they'd do it all again. I still believe, and I'll go to my grave believing this after that series with San Antonio, when they put them in the mixer, which I just love, which is when they have to help, 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 recover, recover, recover. When they played those three perfect games, the San Antonio Spurs in the finals to beat them, I think LeBron looked up and said, oh boy, yeah, this window's closed. I believe that. And you know what? If he hadn't, if they hadn't insisted on that extra year, those three guys, the cupboard might not have been quite as bare as, as LeBron thought it was. That's true. But see, there's, there's always, there's always two sides to every story. Of course. Oh, listen, I don't blame LeBron. I don't blame LeBron or D-Wade or Chris Bosh. It's business. I get it. Because the the Heat traded away multiple first-round picks while LeBron was there, too. Yeah, I get it. Um, But maybe they did that. But see, you know, which came first, right? Well, right. You know, if they they didn't have to add the extra year, who knows what would have happened. That's all I'm saying. They did it to relieve uh, um, luxury tax pressure, which – which the luxury tax game changed on them one year in because they, um, you know, they had the lockout and they changed. I mean, you know, we could go on and on and on about it, but yes, your your overall point is right, which is that LeBron doesn't always care or think about what is going to be best for the franchise for the next three years. He cares about what's going to be best today, and you do the best you can for me today, and I will deliver my best game for you today. And in that regard. He's kept up his end of the bargain. You know, Absolutely. He is, he is, Absolutely. He is del- you know, and so I just, I, you know, Chris, not only that, Chris Paul is taking a pay cut this year because instead of signing out right with the Rockets, he picked up his option, which was for a lot less money than his max would have been for. 
Yeah, but if he gets a five-year max, then it, it actually it all works out in the wash. Well, better for but, him. And but it all works out in the wash. But that's my point: is that mm-hmm. he he already gave up money to set up the right. max deal, so he's not going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll take fifteen, and LeBron will take fifteen, and everything will be fine. Especially um, if the Rockets win this year. Well, right? if the Rockets win this year, I think it's off the table, don't you? Uh, Absolutely. Why do you yeah. need yeah. LeBron if you're the champ? Right. Well. <laughs> Or if you're LeBron, you know why do you want to? You know you, you want to be a reason why they're winning, not you know a guy That's jumping right. on a. On you a don't want to be Kevin Durant, man. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> but hey, if Golden State would have won that year, I don't know that KD goes. I'm just saying, no. I, I I think don't... he would. I think he would have. I think he just would to have get been. away from Russ. It was yeah, Kevin Durant. That that was so much more than just. Oh man, I got to steal my ring, like everybody thinks. I just think there were so many more personal things involved, having spent time with Kevin um, and listening to some of the things he said. I really think he was going no matter what, and I think Golden State was a place that he felt like he could have be comfortable in his own skin. And I think we've all underestimated how important that was for him because he's had a pretty tumultuous life, I would say, just in terms of finding his peace. Right? I think he's still working on that. He is, uh, but he's in the right place to be working on it. Would be my contention. I, I'm just saying, like, I, I, there's reasons why I don't think Philadelphia or Houston are are great fits, and L.A. maybe, but you're you're there's challenges to that situation for sure. Um, I just think well, something. L- some, L.A. is bank, you, you're banking on on L.A. getting another uh, star, and look. <laughs> If if OKC gets bounced in six in the first round, which I still think happens, despite the fact the Jazz completely fell apart when Rudy got in foul trouble and Russ went into takeover mode. Um, By the way, I some can't... of those go bear fouls, or at least one of the fouls was E. Yeah. yeah. Right. And the, how about you. the Derek Favors, too? Having Derek Favors out, that was the problem. Both of them out. Both of them in foul trouble. Yeah, they had no back line. Yep. But – uh. I mean, I would say the odds of Paul George staying in OKC have gotten significantly slimmer over the last couple of weeks. Well, here's here's my viewpoint on it. I know everybody's like, oh, L.A., L.A., L.A. I, I really don't think Paul George wants to be the number one guy for the Lakers. Um, I don't know if his personality is perfect for that. Yeah. Uh, I think if he comes in as, even if it's 1A, I think it really helps him a lot better. So I think it's incumbent, you know, and, and LeBron and Paul George, I mean, you know, this is one thing about Gilbert. I mean, I've tried to get down to this. Jackie and I have both done stories about this, you know, what happened with the trades. Um, you know, LeBron was really trying to put it together with Paul George last year. They were talking about it. They were trying to figure it out. And look, I, I don't know who I, I I don't know if anybody knows the hundred percent true story, but ultimately they weren't able to get him. And um, but the the groundwork that they laid last summer, when LeBron was trying to get him to Cleveland, when LeBron was talking it up, hey, come to Cleveland, you know, we'll do this, we'll get we'll get you set up fishing on Lake Erie, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, that groundwork could come back into play. Um, and it's not because they had a long-term plan. Hey, let's just ride this out and go to L.A. Because the other options just aren't that great. Um, and I think Paul would be much, much more comfortable if he has to go to L.A. I think he'd be much more comfortable with LeBron as sort of the magnet um, for all the, the front-line stuff. And if there's one thing LeBron has expertise in, it's constructing a brand-new team and making it work on the fly. And... Um, uh, by the way, talking about 2003, <laughs> 2003 people from the 2003 draft, you know who else was in the 2003 draft? Luke Walton. Huh. <laughs> ah, there you go. That's great. So, so um, uh, but I, I really don't – something's going to happen. I don't know what it will be. Something will happen after the conclusion of the first round and we have an idea of, of who's avail- who's out and who's in. Some team will make a move that will be attractive to LeBron. And I think, you know, this is not 2010. In 2010, LeBron waited for the teams to pitch him. You know, he, he had, uh, you know, yes, he was meeting with uh, Chris Paul and um, um, 
and Dwayne Wade, but you know he listened on July first, second, and third. Took July fourth off. Um, spent another week like working on things. You know, Wade flirted with Chicago. They they flirted with trying to all go to Chicago. Derrick Rose wasn't having it. The Bulls weren't willing to open the cap space for all of them, and they abandoned that. And and you know the Cavs tried like hell to get Bosh interested in Cleveland, and it, that never went anywhere. LeBron wasn't participating. That finally they all decide, okay, we're going to make it happen in Miami. You know, that all happened in July. I think this is all going to go down in June. Uh, and it's not going to be the teams leading it. It's going to be players leading it. It's going to be Paul, George, and LeBron James getting on the phone. Maybe LeBron and Kawhi getting on the phone, although I don't necessarily mm. think that they're ticketed to play together. I do think that they could affect each other. Like, um, for example, what happens if Philadelphia decides to go all in to get Kawhi and puts their eggs in that basket and then trades for him, and then all of a sudden diminishes their need to get LeBron. You know that in that regard they're connected, but they're not connected to play on the same team. But if Kawhi, although goes to LA is a, LA would be a possibility for them both. That's true. <laughs> There's even scenarios if you again if you give me the Daryl Morey whiteboard and you give me Bobby Marks to help me crunch the numbers, I can construct a scenario which the Lakers can get. Uh, Paul, George, Kawhi, and LeBron. Um, I don't know what else you have on your roster at that point. Yeah, you know, but I can I can show you how to do it on a whiteboard. So, but I could also I could also get you two of those three and Damian Lillard. How are you going to get Damian Lillard? Trade for him with <laughs> what? A oh, whole wow. bunch of a whole bunch of young studs. Yeah, I think I um, Kawhi. Kawhi to me is like, to me, he's almost more significant in this free agent landscape than LeBron because he's younger. He's younger. I mean, he like really, if 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 Kawhi is healthy, and that's an if, I guess still. But let's assume he's going to be healthy by next year. Who are you going to take? I'm taking Kawhi. Well, with LeBron, you can sign him. With Kawhi, you have to trade for him. Right, so but then here's the other question. The other question becomes with Kawhi, what are you thinking? And now with poor Pop going through what he's going through, and oh my goodness, it just it just adds a whole other layer to this. Jackie, do you think he'll still coach? I I do, I do, um, I do. Uh, but you know, I think there's a chance that this really is it for Ginobili this time. Um, although I say, you know, I thought Tim Duncan was retiring two years before he did it's and, and every year he thought he was retiring, but it's just incredible what that medical staff did to keep that knee of Tim Duncan's functional enough for him to continue playing. It was Wait, really you mean, something. you mean the Spurs medical staff earned the trust of a franchise player and extended his career? Yeah, there you go. And, uh, and he was an all NBA player his second to last year. His last year he, you know, he'd run down, but he, he, yeah. he was, he was on the all NBA team. What, at yeah. age 30, 37 or 38, I think? And it, it was amazing what he did to keep get him, keep himself ready and what they did for him and how they managed him in his minutes and everything. And so it's just, it's one of the great mysteries for me anyway of this season. I, I just, I still don't understand it. And I think it has a, you know, every, he's in play for everybody. I, every team in the league is going to be interested in Kawhi Leonard. Every team. Well, well, Tony Parker, I mean, this is just probably a negotiating position. Tony Parker said he wants to keep playing, and he opened the door of not playing in San Antonio. Uh, Ginobili is, you know, maybe at the end. Um, and Kawhi, possibly, I just can't see him not signing this contract. My God, I can't see it. I can't we don't, see it. We can't see it because we don't know. None well, of us know I, what is behind you, this. Are you certain it's going to be put on the table? I'm not certain it's going to be put on the table, but my God, how could they not? It's how just well, not? the whole if, thing. If is he's going to be in New York when they're playing their season, then I just I I I know I know, and and that's definitely it's definitely a real thing for them. It's going to be fun this summer. I want. I need to go to more concerts. You know what? Actually, 
I'm not a get on the app. Let's go. I'm not a huge concert person. I never know what to do with like my hands. I don't know what to dance or not. Like you gotta let sit it flow. down. Come on, Cass. Stand you gotta up. Let, let it flow. You get to the <laughs> concert. You sing your song. You throw on some dance moves. It's a good night. Yeah, you throw on some dance moves. I mean, I uh, I have thrown on plenty of dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what the rest of y'all do out there, but I'm dancing and singing at every concert I'm at. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Ooh, okay. This goes back in time. It was my junior year of high school. It was Ja Rule, Joe, ja Rule. Boys to Men, and Key Sweat. Oh, my gosh. All together at the same time? All was together. Was this like that B96 Summer Jam or something? Yes, but in Orlando, Florida at Hard Rock Live. <laughs> <gasps> That's amazing, huh? Isn't that an amazing concert? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You want to know the saddest thing? Speaking of Keith Sweat, um, I'm a little traumatized by Keith Sweat, even though I, 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 I love Keith Sweat, but he was real hot when I was in, um, when in middle school. Like his, you know, his joints were, were popping up at twist. all the middle you school know. dances. But he would, but the people would come up to me in the hallway. And be like, you know who likes you? Nobody. <laughs> yeah, really sad. You don't know that song, huh? Do you? You don't know. I'm playing with nobody. I'm playing with that. <laughs> hey, look, Cass. Cass, don't feel bad about that because that concert I just told you about, I could not find a girl to go with me. I could not find a day for that concert. So my mom made my little brother go, and he has not forgotten it and still hates me to this day because of it. So Nick. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed. Did you know that? That is a great thing because I have had some issues in the past <laughs> buying tickets that that weren't legit. So knowing that and knowing that I could go on the app and make <laughs> it happen is great. No, what was it for? What were your bad tickets for? It Where'd was you get for, got? It was for the Beach Boys. How about that? What? The Beach Boys at Ravinia. Did you just turn into a 65-year-old man? I wish they all <laughs> California girls, you know? Gotta belt so it out. So you got... Arms. This is amazing. Someone sold you fake ticket to the Beach Boys at Ravinia. This summer... I will know better. And you know what, Nick? To get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Best of all, listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code HOOP today. That's promo code HOOP for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So the thing that I wanted to ask was like, we've spent a pretty substantive amount of time about what's going to happen with LeBron, Kawhi, but not a ton about the playoffs overall. Like, is oh yeah, does that we mean love that, transact we we love transactions? <laughs> is it just like the first round's been very exciting, but it signifies nothing? We still are on pace for whatever we felt like before the playoffs started. Oh, I mean, no, I think the playoffs have been enjoyable. I've enjoyed a lot of these games. Um, but we've got these parallel tracks, which is one of the reasons why the um, the playoffs are so interesting, because what happens in these games so much affects what else can happen. Um, you know, I think uh, I'm very excited for the Pelicans Warriors series. Um, I think that could have some fireworks. I, I expect the Warriors to win ultimately, but the Pelicans are in a really good place right now. They've never been better. And, um, uh, so, this, so Andrew, this is probably a bad time to bring up what does this all mean for DeMarcus Cousins and free agency. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true. Of course but it's that's true. true. And, Very uh, true. 
you know, Zach Lowe wrote a story this week, but you know about it, and um, Miritich has been so good for them. He really has. Um, you know, I I went to game one of that series uh, that they beat the Blazers, and I predicted it would go along, and that's why I don't predict things. But um, uh, I was talking to Alvin Gentry after the game, and he's just like, "Oh, Miritich has been like he wasn't speaking in terms of." anything with the boogie. He was just talking about Miritich. He's like, he's been so good for us. You know, he does so many things. He makes quick decisions. He's so, he's so, he's so helpful for what we do. And he's like, we just got to keep him. We got to keep that guy. And, Mm. um, because you know, he's got a team option for a lot, you know, for, you know, 13 or 14 million, which seems like a bargain until you realize that if they sign boogie, they'd have three max guys. Yeah. Um, And what are you going to do about our, about playoff Rondo? <laughs> I know. It's so, uh, it's so unbelievable. It's the guy's undefeated in the playoffs since his little bizarre mutual divorce with the Mavericks Dallas, in the middle of the series. Just incredible. Believe uh, me, I, I, and none of it surprises me one iota. I, I think I've told you this guy before, guys before. He is one of the most confounding, intelligent, petulant, amazing, stubborn, arrogant, fantastic teammates I've ever seen in my life. All those things at once. Kind of like Russ, different different uh, yeah. sort of talent, but there's some personality similarities. Yeah, there probably is. They they both kind of think they're the smartest guy in the room, and and a lot of the times they're right. Yeah, but Russ plays with such uh, force, whereas Rondo uh, really works the game a little bit differently. Yeah, um, well, he has to because he doesn't have the skills that Russ has, right? Especially the sure. offensive skills. So. But he's a yeah, fascinating, no, fascinating kid. And kid, I say kid because he was so young when he came to Boston when I first met him. And and to watch him evolve through the years and just to be able to still manipulate a game, which he can do still, is uh, it's it's just fun to watch. And you know what's interesting is he the one reason the Pelicans have been so good is they're playing so fast, and Rondo's really obviously a huge part of that. And it's funny because in Dallas, like he refused to play fast. Well, that was a doom. That that relationship was doomed from the start. And and I remember calling uh, Rick right yeah, after Rick that didn't trade. Want. And Rick, you know, was like, "No, we're going to make this work." And I was like, "Oh, stop it!" You know, I've known Rick forever. I'm like, "Just <laughs> yeah. stop it!" But you know, he was saying what he what he knew he needed to say, but he couldn't even convince himself of it. So no. I don't know why that trade was ever made. Because Dirk wanted it made. Yeah, well, Dirk was wrong. Dirk should have done his homework. Well, I, I'm excited about that series. Um, Jackie, do you, do you think the Celtics, Celtics are not going to lose two in a row at this point, right? I don't think so, although they're, per- see, they're perfectly capable of it, and here's why. Because they've modeled themselves as the 3 and D, the perfect 3 and D modern 21st century NBA team. But they, when they're shooting the ball well, they can beat anyone, and I mean anyone. When they are shooting the ball poorly – they can lose to anyone, and I mean anyone. And you've seen both of those things on display here in this series. I do think what you saw the other night was, and I had said it, was Thon Maker in Milwaukee, wonderful, good for you, that's great. You come to Boston, you're going to be one of six from the floor or whatever. And, and you know, Brad got him into practice and taught him this little thing called an up fake. And then you go from having six blocks to no blocks. So there were adjustments made. But this is the one thing I will say, and people in Boston sometimes are a little too snooty for their own good. It is definitely in Brad we trust here 24-7. But they are underestimating Joe Prunty. By the way, another Spurs, uh, you know, alum who's a very, very fine coach and has made some really, really good decisions. And so they've underestimated his impact on this series. He's made made some good moves. I've been waiting for Giannis to have a – you know LeBron. You know maybe not LeBron, but certainly a a game where he just takes one from the Celtics, and it hasn't happened yet. And maybe he's not ready. I mean Anthony Davis hasn't quite been ready until now. I mean yeah. Anthony Davis just terrorized the uh, the Blazers in that series, and, mm-hmm. and it, you know it's his sixth year. Giannis is a little bit younger. Um, I, that's what that's kind of what I've been waiting for <clears throat> is for Giannis to take a game that he that his team shouldn't win. That's sort of the definition of, of greatness. Well, and he almost um, did it in game one. Almost did he, it in game one. But he didn't. <laughs> no, and right. I so understand. I understand. so that's, the only, that's the only X factor out there, I would say. But what I'm going to be interested in is Philly-Boston. Now, granted, a, a potentially diminished Boston, um, 
Potentially. Uh, what do you mean? Well, potentially? well, well, potentially they're not in this in the round yet. Is what I mean. I mean, oh, it, I got it could okay. it could yeah. be the Bucks. Uh, you know, in fairness, but right. um, if Philly plays Boston, um, with all due respect to our our fine folks in Cleveland uh, and Toronto, um, this is potentially the next three to five years of Eastern Conference battles. Back, we're headed back to the eighties, seventies, and eighties. Oh, I can't and, wait. By the way, I just and, cannot uh, wait. And even though it won't be a real, uh, uh, you know, representative Boston team, and it frankly might not be representative Philly team either, because Philly is, I believe, going to add a major piece or two. They're certainly they've got a top ten pick, um, <clears throat> and uh, even Boston might be able to add a piece or two. Um, well, so they're definitely, gonna, yeah, they're definitely getting Hayward and Kyrie back. But I mean, well, even beyond you're also that, have, well, you have Sacramento's unprotected 2019 draft pick. Think about that, right. guys. Mm-hmm. Think Pretty about good. that pretty good <laughs> um yeah. don't deal with boston everybody i would i would advise Never. strongly i guess uh but um don't, don't you think jackie that you know if that series takes place that we it could be the maybe not chapter one but certainly the preface of the next era of eastern basketball i do and and i will say that philadelphia is further along than i expected them to be at this point i was thinking that boston had maybe a window of a year or two where they would Say, okay, those young Phillies are coming at us, but we can hold them off, you know, with, with our veterans, uh, Irving, Hayward, Al Horford. Uh, but now you just watch the, they're an, they're an overdrive Philly. And Ben Simmons, I knew he, I picked him as preseason rookie of the year, but he is so much better than I thought. So much better. And early in the season, I'm watching them. I was down in Philly very early in the season and there was all sorts of doubt. You know, they started off slowly, as you guys, I'm sure remember. And Saric couldn't be on the court at the same time as Ben Simmons. They couldn't figure that out. Well, they figured that out. You know, they, well, we can go on all day about them. They probably won't bring Redick back, though, right? I don't think well, they will. Well, no, there are scenarios where that could work out. Certainly, if J.J. prioritizes every dime, no, they, he won't. But there are scenarios where that could work out. Because he's been, he's been really helpful to them, obviously. Well, you know what Wilbon said, says about the concept of LeBron going to Philly? Uh, Wilbon says, why would you take the ball out of the hands of the next Irvin Johnson? Um, no, I'm not sure if I'm ready to say that, but um, <clears throat> there's merit to that concept. There's to sure put it is. in the hands of the first LeBron James? <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> well said. I suppose. Um, but uh, I Philly in the fourth quarters, you know, Miami is a team, obviously not super-duper talented, but Miami was a team all year long that was a – tremendous fourth quarter team and that they always made games close and to see Philly wrestle the heat to the ground game after game and just pound them in the fourth quarter. I know they lost the one game, but they basically down the stretch of those games uh, killed them. Uh, That was pretty impressive. I was, I was duly impressed with Philadelphia's uh, looking like they were older than they were. Um, And I feel like I feel way better. I mean, obviously they won 16 in a row to finish the season, but I feel way more impressed with the way they uh, won games four and five than I was with, uh, you know, when they closed out Miami than, uh, you know, and, and won in Miami than I was with those wins at the end of the season because these ones really mattered. Sure, and you've got Embiid back, and he, he, you know, I worried about Embiid just because the minutes are always an issue for him, and uh, and he always looks a little too big to me. I don't know if that you guys feel the same way. You wish he'd shed about four or five pounds. But I, having, now having said that, it hasn't been an issue. It hasn't been an issue. Durability, stamina, none. it hasn't been an issue. And I'm surprised by that. My God, he's so enormous. Just to, just to see. Yes. It's, it, obviously, we're around giant people all the time. And, you know, McMahon's a tall guy himself. You know, he, he looks down on some of the guys he covers. So do you, Jackie. You're both taller than me. Only like but, J.J. Barea. Uh, even yeah. I'm even, calling Shane Larkin. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> even in an era, you know, in, a, in an environment where you're used to being around giants, that man is giant. <laughs> well, and his personality is giant. He's 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 captivated that city. He's got him in the palm of his hand, and he doesn't abuse it. And you know what I mean by that. Yes. So he's he, and that's he he's smart enough to understand that this can't be just about me. We've got to spread the wealth. We've got to share it. He's, 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 for a guy who's 
English is his second language. What a command of the language he has. What a command of the culture he has. Yes, that's I, I true. Just, it's just amazing. The whole thing's amazing. And having been to his home, see where he grew up, it would blow you guys away. It would just blow you away where he came from to get to this point in Cameroon. It would stun you. It's just stunning. It's how old, how old was he when he came to the U.S.? I don't know that off the top of my head. Uh, he, was, he was about, you know, 18, 17, wow. 18. He went to prep school and didn't go home. Didn't go home till his poor little brother died in a car accident. He got hit by a car and he went home to his brother's funeral. And, and between the time he went to the prep school and then to Kansas and then to Philadelphia, didn't go home, didn't see his family. Like we, we don't, we, we underestimate the isolation that these uh, foreign players, whether it's from Africa or where elsewhere, especially Africa though, because it's very, very difficult for their families to come over. Um, visa issues, money issues, all sorts of things. I just, in the middle of a story on Pascal Siakam and he hasn't been home to, he's also from Cameroon, but from Douala. He hasn't been home since he left at age 17, uh, like six years ago. Like these guys don't go home. And so the isolation and the, the difference in cultures and language and customs and, you know, not having your friends nearby or your family nearby to then uh, to succeed the way these players have, it's, it's astounding. It really is. And we, we just take it for granted that it's all going to happen. Think of what it, what must have been like to move to Lawrence, Kansas. Oh when yeah. You're, when you're from Cameroon and it's like, oh, this is now you're in Lawrence. Enjoy. Right. But you know what's funny about that, Brian? I was talking to Marcus Morris about that. He's like going from North Philly to Lawrence, Kansas. Right. Like in another country. Truly. I believe it. I believe yeah. it. Uh how appropriate was it that both uh, Morris brothers got fined for yelling at refs the same day? One of my favorite moments With, in the playoffs. Like back to back emails. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um Andrew, did we cover enough of the playoffs for you? Is there anything else you'd like to discuss? Uh, no, it's it's fine. <laughs> Just... You're throwing in the towel. He said, with, he said with disgust. McMahon, what is there any um, one takeaway we should have from this Rockets? What you saw from the Rockets so far? Uh, Clint Capello is a legitimate third star. They're gonna pay him. We knew that. We knew that already, though, didn't we? I mean. I just think to see him have a much bigger impact on the series than Carl Anthony Towns reinforced that. And uh, I would say they max him if necessary. They're hoping it won't be necessary, but I cannot uh, I cannot envision the Rockets letting Capella get away as a restricted free agent. Uh, disappointing that the that the Wolves would not. You know, it, it's one thing to go down four one. To to lose four one the way they did was disappointing. Honestly, I was uh, I, I thought it was going to be a sweep. So for me, they uh, McMahon they should have won game one. Yeah, still. But, I mean, but Butler Butler isn't healthy. No, Butler, I know, but and and, yeah. and but, oh, well, that's a pretty Jimmy, big guy. Jimmy, Jimmy sitting the fourth quarter because of soreness in the knee that he had surgery on a couple months ago is is not insignificant. Not at all. Not at all. And the fact that he played in this series with that soreness is not insignificant either. Well, you yeah, know, he's, now, he's eligible to sign an extension this summer. I know this is wading into free agency territory that doesn't make Andrew Hahn happy. Just kidding, Andrew. Um, he's, el- you know, he's not a free agent, but he is eligible to sign an extension. Now, it would be for less money than he would sign for um, because, he, you know, long story short, he can't sign for as much this summer. But he could still extend for four years and up to around $100 million. And I wonder if it will be offered, and I would seriously think he should consider signing if it is. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because obviously Philly is is kind of the, the talk of the league now. And you go back a, a year ago when you talked about collections of young talent is Minnesota and Philly, Minnesota and Philly. And, man, you know, like last night Towns had, I think, 23 and 14, but it felt very empty. I mean, I don't know the to, the more I see Towns, the less I'm impressed with him. Okay, but is well, it fair? Is it fair to bring up the idea that Tibbs plays these guys too many minutes, and a big man like Towns may have worn down? I mean, yeah, you, you can bring that up, uh, but I don't know what did what did what had Towns done before Tibbs? I well, 
Uh, there's just a, there's a I'm not ready to give up on him yet. I'm not ready to give up on him. He's ridiculously skilled for for his size, but there is a a timid passive nature to him that makes me feel like he can never be the man on a good team. Well, what do you say about Wiggins then? Yeah, I I I don't love Wiggins at all. Although he had a couple of nice games in the series, but there were there were games where Wiggins was the only starter who was showing was showing up. Yeah. Not that it was uh, not that it was all that impressive, but um, yeah, I thought this series helped Wiggins more than it hurt him. Actually, I agree. I agree with that. I wouldn't say it was a banner series, but I agree. No. Yeah. Hey guys, no. I'm going to probably have to jump off. All here. right, Jackie. Okay. Thank you. I hope you feel better. McMahon, travel safe. Um, you want uh, you want your your Jazz in the next round, man. That you, this is going to be the McMahon series. It is. Utah. Hey, I like hanging out with Royce Young too, so I'm happy either way. (laughs) 